I've dangled this carrot before in previous episodes, and today is the day that we finally talk about fear. Let's go. If there's anything I've learned from my time caring for the seriously ill, it's to appreciate the extraordinary gift of this thing we call life. Hi, I'm Dr. Kathy Zhang, palliative care physician, author, and speaker, and my goal is to bring the clarity, purpose, and meaning often found at the end of life to help you live your best and most fulfilling existence now. I truly believe everyone on this planet has a purpose, and it's my mission to help you filter out the noise and discover yours. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Hope you are doing amazing. By the time you hear this, it will be March, and man, I cannot wait. All right, so last episode, I talked about the five lessons that I learned on my journey towards my best and highest self over the past 10 years in relation to my trip to Puerto Rico back then and my most recent one. And in that episode, I talked about fear. I said, we talk about it in an upcoming episode and today is the day, ladies and gents. So I really like talking about fear because it's something that I personally struggle with and struggled with it for a really, really long time. It's still something that I'm working on. And I think it's something that everyone works on, but reframing how I approach fear has totally changed my life. And I really, really, really want to share that with you. So the problem with fear that we all know is that fear gets in the way, right? If you think about it, fear is a heightened emotion. It's a temporary negative emotion to a perceived threat in response to a perceived threat. And that's the key word. It's perceived. And so evolutionarily speaking, we've needed fear. Fear is a lot of times thought of in modern day society as like this really bad, terrible thing. Like it's keeping us from what we want. And in some ways it is, but we also forget to mention that fear has really helped us get to where we are now as a species. There are some really, really great aspects to fear. Fear keeps us safe and safe is not necessarily bad, right? Fear will keep you alive in many instances. If you're walking down a dark alley or there's someone creepy around and you're just like, I don't like the vibe of that person. I'm going to steer clear or something else makes you second guess whether you should go, you know, let's say down the mountain in your ski and snowboard gear when you've never really taken a lesson or don't even know how things work. And then you might be like, okay, well, maybe that could potentially be harmful to me. And so in that sense, that's fine. But our brains are still stuck in a more primitive time where we were hunter-gatherers and we're like, okay, is this wild animal going to kill me. But nowadays it's like, okay, I feel like I'm going to die, but uh, I'm giving a presentation at work or something along those lines. It feels like we're going to die, but surely and hopefully a work presentation isn't actually life-threatening, right? But those responses kick in and we become 
really disoriented by that fear and it grips us and it puts us in this fight or flight situation, right? So the thing that we have to remember about fear is that it stands in the way between the life that we have and the life that we want. Discomfort stands in the way. If you change your relationship with fear, it will change your life. Nothing changes without fear. And look, if you're happy the way that your life is currently and you don't want to get uncomfortable, then that's okay. You do you, boo. But what we shouldn't say or do is be unhappy about our situation and then do nothing about it. Okay. That's called complaining and you're not a complainer, right? You can either have results or you can have excuses. We can't have both. That's not how life works. So the question is, how do we manage our fear? So one of the things that I said in the last episode is confidence and courage are muscles, right? So what we need to do to bolster that feeling of courage and confidence in response to when fear comes is to train it like we would any other muscle group. You start slower with smaller amounts of weight, and then you add and you add and you add as your strength increases. And the same goes with fear. So what you can do, and this is what I've done personally in the past, is you start with smaller things that scare you. So maybe it's something like public speaking, right? That is a really scary thing for many, many of us. I know it was for me for a very long time, and it still is. I'll be completely honest, but I'm definitely better about it. So with public speaking, you know, we can break that down. So what you could do is if you're afraid to stand up in front of a group of strangers and talk, then maybe try talking to one stranger, right? One-on-one. And what I used to do was I would talk to people in the service industry. So baristas sales associates, people at the checkout counter at the grocery store. They are in the industry where part of their job requirement is to interact with the customer. And so that is a really low stakes way of being like, hey, I can have a conversation with a person that I don't know. And hey, I didn't die, you know? And so that's something really small one pound, half pound weight that you can do. And so when you do that, your body's like, oh, okay, I did that. Not so bad. Okay. It was a little scary, but I did it. And so then you could work your way up. You could speak up at a work meeting or maybe talk more at a party with people you do know, or then maybe you level up, you go to five pounds, you go to 10 pounds and you take an improv class, right? Or, and you have a performance at the end of your improv class. Maybe you sign up to give a small talk at work or at another function, maybe at your community center, at your religious organization. You can get that experience. And as you do that, your confidence starts to evolve. It starts to build. And then maybe you can give bigger talks and bigger talks. And then after a while, you're like, hmm, okay, I can do this. Public speaking is hard, but you know what? I can do this. So the key here is that it has to be important enough. Your desire to get over your fear has to be important enough for you 
to say, I want to tackle this. I want to manage my fears surrounding this one thing. So we can put ourselves in uncomfortable situations because the better that we get at tackling those smaller fears, then when it comes to actually big, pivotal, transitional moments in our lives, then we feel like we're a little bit more prepared to handle things like changing jobs or changing careers or moving to a new location or ending a relationship or even starting a relationship. Some of these big moments in our lives, we need preparation for sometimes. And sometimes we don't have that luxury, right? Sometimes it's forced upon you and you just have to deal with it. But if we can consciously, purposefully choose each day or each week or each month to say, hey, I'm going to do something that scares me a little bit to push my boundaries, to push my life in the direction where I want it to go. Okay. And so again, that mindset is and has to become my courage is stronger than my fear. Because here's the thing, fear never goes away. We all read or come across articles on the internet where it's just like, oh, get over your fear or conquer your fear and how to get rid of your fear for good, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just clickbait bullshit. Okay. Fear never goes away. It might quiet down. It may not be as big of a player as it used to, but it doesn't go away. And I really, really love the way that Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer, talks about fear. So if you haven't heard it, you can Google it. It's on YouTube. But to summarize, she thinks of fear and other emotions as passengers in a car, right? And so you can have fear in the car with you as you're going, as you're moving forward, as you're driving along your path. But it doesn't have to be driving. It doesn't have to be the one steering the way. Fear can be in the back seat and just be like, all right, you're coming with. But what comes in the driver's seat? What sits in the front? Love, compassion, whatever it is. Fear is going to be there. Courage should probably be up there as well. You just have to remember that courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing things in spite of it, because of it. And another thing that's really, really helped is changing and reframing the questions that we ask when we do notice that we're afraid of something. Our minds automatically go to, well, what if it all goes wrong? Well, what if I can't find another job and I can't repay my loans and then I go broke and have, you know, lose my house and my kids can't afford to eat and then we're out on the street? It's just this huge process of catastrophizing, right? Our brains automatically go to what is wrong, what is going to go wrong. The question that helps to repel that is, well, what if it goes right? Well, no, 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 no. Of course, it's not going to go right because I'm scared of it because, well, well, then really, what if in the realm of the universe, what if the possibility exists that this all works out, that this is totally fine. What if here, you know, stick with me for a second. What if this is the beginning of the rest of your life? What if this was the catalyst that you needed in order 
to step into the person you were meant to be, to step towards the life that you want to build. Isn't that kind of mind blowing? We never think about these decisions and our fears in that way because we're so gripped by the fact that it's not going to work out, that we totally, totally disregard the other very real, very likely possibility. Okay. And the more that we can reframe those questions, the more that our brains are like, okay, I mean, maybe, maybe actually, you know what, actually it could actually, you know what? Um, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. The more that we can do that, the more, again, that confidence builds, that courage builds within us. And then we're able to do the scary things that we want to do. So remember, fear is a signal. It's your body and your mind putting you on alert that discomfort or pain is near. And it's up to you to decipher, is this actually a risky situation? Is my life potentially in danger? Is this shady looking person over there going to attack me? Is the safety gear that I'm wearing or it's supposed to keep me safe not functioning the way that it should be? Or is it being blown out of proportion in my mind because I've never done this before? So you have to think to yourself, am I really, really in danger? Or is this something else that I'm afraid of? Is it life-threatening or is it really just something that I could potentially try to handle, to tackle, to manage? And of course, as a palliative care doctor, it is my duty to remind you of this. I have so many patients who at the end of life regret not having the courage to do something, to be their true selves, to stand up to bullies, to go against what was expected of them, to carve their own path, but they were too afraid to do so. And even in the face of known and certain death, which we all face, but for them, it is a much more acute and pressing issue. I have patients who bravely choose to live in spite of their fears. They say, you know what? I know I'm dying, but I don't have to live my remaining days in fear. I don't want to live my remaining time being afraid like I was my entire life up until this point. And that is that is just such beautiful, incredible courage. And that's not how the rest of us want to spend our time. My patients don't have that luxury anymore. You do. I do. We all do. And like I said before, the goal is not to get rid of fear. It is to change our relationship with it. Because if we change our relationship with it, like I said, it changes our lives. Our goal is to get to the point where when we do feel afraid about something, we can say, you know what? Why is that? What am I really afraid of here? And then lean in because it's a signal. It tells us something about what is happening in our lives. And so now when I feel afraid of something, I take action. And that's what I want for you after listening to this. Take action. Go do something scary and report back. I would actually love to hear it. 
please DM me on Instagram at Purpose Filter. I'd love to hear feedback on how you're purposefully managing your fears and in turn your life. All right. So next episode, we're going to break down actually some of the most common fears and what we can do about them. So stay tuned and have a wonderful week, everyone. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. That was our show for today. Thank you so much for allowing us to spend some time together. If you like what you heard and you haven't already, please share with a friend, subscribe, rate, and write a review. You can follow us on Instagram at PurposeFilter and on our website, PurposeFilter.com. Join me next time for another episode, and thanks for listening.